Hebrews chapter 2 is where we're going to be out of this morning. We are going through the book of Hebrews here on Sunday mornings. And in Hebrews chapter 2, we are reminded today of a great, great calling and a call to excellence in all that we do. Hebrews chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Would you bow your head with me? Father, we thank you for this word. Truly today, all that your church needs is the word of God. And Lord, we thank you today that we're able to to take some time and to allow these words to wash over our hearts as we seek to glorify you. So Lord, as we are reading through this today, would you open up our ears and send us forth a church with a sense of urgency. Help us to proclaim the gospel in every avenue that we can. May we give glory to you in all of it. Father, call people to you who may not know you. May they experience salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Guys, as we're looking here this morning, there's one question as I'm reading through this little passage of Scripture. It just, it kept flying out at me as I was studying, and and I would read through it, and this question would just kind of come back, and it almost slapped me in the face. One question, I believe, that that leads us to, to, to want to be who we need to be in Christ. Now, I know that none of us here are saved by our own works. It's not possible. Our salvation is from from Christ alone, through faith. That's it. But when we're looking here in this this passage of Scripture, we're reminded how to to have a healthy relationship with God. And the first thing that he really says to us is to pay much closer attention to what we've heard. If you're reading this in chapter 1, chapter 2, if you want to interpret it as such, to remember what we've heard. What, what are we talking about here? Well, he, he's talking about who Jesus is and, and who Jesus is to mankind. He's talking about this, this idea that we are saved. And, and as, as you go on, he, he continues that thought talking about this idea, this message of salvation for mankind. And, and how can any of us as, as humans survive without salvation? And so we need to remember what we have heard. Where was the first place you heard about Jesus? You know, I think for me it would have been uh, 
Probably from my parents. For sure, in Sunday school. A number of places I could have heard the name of Jesus the first time. But the message of the gospel is it has been proclaimed to us throughout our lives. And maybe today is the first time you've ever heard it. Maybe this is a, a long line of sermons that you've listened to in your life. The call is the same for all of us. To stop where we're at today, to stop and to remember, to consider what we have heard. And the reason is because what we have heard is important. The message of the gospel is important. Who Jesus is and understanding who he is and trusting him as our Savior is important. And truly, who can last without those truths active in their lives? So let me ask the question that's bugged me all week as I've read and reread through this passage of Scripture. How do we neglect this great salvation? How do we forget to remember, to think deeply about again? A lot of us, we've been saved, and maybe we've been saved for several years. It's been a, a part of who we are for a long time now. When was the last time you really thought about what it means to be saved? When was the last time you, you remembered who you are before Christ? When was the last time you remembered who He is and what He's done for you? When was the last time you really thought about these things? For a lot of us, we've been thinking about it a whole lot lately. I was talking to a, a brother in Christ today, actually two of them, one by phone and one at work. And they both were, were telling me, uh, you know, hey, this could be the end of times. I said, yeah, it could be. But for believers, that's not a big deal. But it could be a big deal if we're not remembering what we've heard if we're not remembering that Jesus is a victor, if we're not remembering what Hebrews 1 speaks about, is that Jesus is supreme. If we forget these things, if we're not thinking about them and, and, and remembering who Christ is, who we are, it's very easy for us to get led astray. And so how is it that we neglect this great salvation? Well, one thing I think that we all do from time to time and we need to stop doing it. One way that we neglect this great salvation of God is that we neglect to apply his word to our life. We, ne for, we neglect that. We just don't apply it like we should. We, we, we hear the word, we maybe memorize the word, but we don't actually apply it. We know that we are commanded as believers in Jesus to go to make disciples, but we just don't do it. We, we know that we're commanded to love our neighbor, but we just don't do it. We know these things, but a lot of times I believe that we neglect this great salvation because we're not applying his word. Psalm 119.11, the psalmist writes that he's hidden the words of God in his heart that he might not sin against him. And I love this verse. It's more than likely one of the first verses of Scripture that I ever 
memorized. But the psalmist here, when he's writing this, let's not miss the, the total picture of what he's saying. A lot of times we think, well, this is, a, this is a push for people to memorize Scripture. I've hidden your words in my heart. But let's not forget the rest of the verse. The rest of the verse goes on and it says, so that I may not sin against you. I have hidden your words in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Think about this for a moment. The, the words of God in our heart are great. It's wonderful. It's where, where they need to be, but they also need to be coming out of us so that God is glorified. The word of God in you applied is a beautiful thing. Are you hearing that today? The word of God in your life is in, 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 uh, being applied in, in miraculous ways in which you're out here and you're just living the gospel in front of people. People see you and they're just like, there's something different about this person. They're, they're coming and they, they have a hope, they have a joy, they have all this stuff that I don't have. They're going to look at that. Sometimes... I feel that we neglect this great salvation, this great work that God has began because we've forgotten to apply his words. So we don't just hide the words, but we hide them so that something can come good out of our lives. And it's all powered through him, of course. It's not our works. It's not our goodness. It's not what we do necessarily. It's what God does through us. His word through us is a powerful, powerful thing. And truly, how can we stand without the word of God in our lives? How can we stand? I know the, the more I mature in Christ, the longer I follow Jesus, and uh, the more I open this book here, the more I find that I am utterly dependent upon it. I'm utterly dependent upon what it says to me. And, and so we, we neglect our salvation at times by not applying these words. I'm reminded as I'm standing in front of this camera today that you know we're having to pre-record this service so that people on Sunday and at various other times can, can gather with their families or their friends and they can, they can still have this, uh, this sermon, right? This study of, of God's word. And we're having to do this because of COVID-19. Before I could push the button here, and this is, this is Friday evening, by the way, I had to wait for a storm to go over because I knew as soon as I pushed play, then uh, the lights would go out or there'd be big booms, which would be really cool, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> but the thing is, is I, I had to wait on that. Even that moment, I couldn't even push. I had to wait for that. But, but the overwhelming call that I feel as I'm here on a Friday evening when I could be home, I could be enjoying a, the, the end of the week after 40 hours of, of helping people this week, 40 plus hours if you count the church work I do, but I, I, I could be doing a whole lot of stuff right now in this place, in this earth. But that overwhelming urgency to, to preach the gospel drives me to be here tonight. I don't say that to brag because it's not something... I do. It's a work of God through me. And when we hide his words in our heart, we become a people who want to proclaim the gospel. We want to apply his words, to, to use what God has shown us. And so let's not be people who neglect this great salvation by not applying his word. The second thing, if you're keeping up, the first thing is we neglect this great salvation by not applying his word. 
The second thing is, is we neglect his salvation by not praying. And I know that may sound basic to you. You may like, yeah, Christians pray. We all need to pray. But, but let's think about what it truly means to pray. What it truly means to, to reach out to God in prayer. Because again, I think we become a little used to prayer. We don't really think about what it truly means. What it truly means. First Thessalonians Chapter 5, we, we get a picture of what it is to be a Christian. Paul's writing to the church in Thessalonica, and he, he kind of s- starts off this First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. The first thing he tells them is to rejoice always. So we need to be a happy people. The only way that you can be a, a happy person, a person who rejoices, and understand some of these people are rejoicing through adversity, just doing it anyways because they knew who God was. And the only way we can truly rejoice is by knowing God, and that's by applying the word of God to our lives daily. You guys see how all this connects? It's beautiful. That we rejoice always. Verse 17, we pray without ceasing. And, and a lot of times people think, man, what does that mean, brother, that you pray without ceasing? How, how do you always pray? Are you, are you always speaking? Is there, is there always words going up? And, and I have to tell you t- tonight, this morning, whatever time that you're watching this, that prayer, a lot of times, is listening. Prayer is, a lot of times, sitting down with the Word of God, reading it, communicating with God, and letting Him speak to you through this. And too much of the time, the, the church can neglect the great salvation, that great message in our lives, when we become a people who don't pray. Prayer is not just demanding things of God. Prayer is is a time in which you are allowing God to speak to you through his word. And so we're not neglecting applying the word. We're not neglecting uh, reading the word and allowing the word to speak to our heart. We're we're becoming a people who this this is where we go for power. That the truth of the gospel is not just something we hold here, but the truth of the gospel is something that we proclaim there. We rejoice and we proclaim. As believers in Jesus, that's, that's our call. What a battle cry that is to the world, where the world is uh, complaining. The world is is looking to blame someone. The world is, is, is angry and, and belligerent. For the church, our call is to proclaim the gospel and to rejoice. We don't have time to argue with people. We don't have time to, to be uh, political even. Should we vote? Yes. If God's calling you to be a, a politician, I get that. But what I'm saying is when politics get in the way of the gospel, you've missed it. When sports gets in the way of the gospel, you've, you've missed it. So we must be a people who do not neglect this great work of salvation in our life. And the only way we can do that, because honestly, we can't even get through this life without the work of the gospel. So we want to to cultivate that. We want to make it a bigger and bigger and bigger part of our lives. And the only way we can do that is by applying the word, reading the word, being a person of prayer, allowing God to speak through his word. That's the idea that prayer is a two-way street. We, yes, God wants to hear our requests and he wants us to, to talk to him, but he also wants to speak back to us. 
It's not through prophets. It's not through uh, some televangelist out here that's, that's going to tell you a new prophecy. His prophecies are right here. And if you ever catch yourself listening to someone who, who can preach a message without ever noticing who God is in their life, without ever uh, speaking the Word of God or opening the Word of God, you need to turn that person off. If all they do is tickle your ears, you need to, to turn that off. If, if you ever find yourself listening to someone and, and they're not stepping on your toes just a little bit, it's time to, to turn that person off. What we need in this world more than ever is to be a people who turn to the Word of God more than we ever have. We become a people who fall to our knees and pray. We become a group of people who only find our solace in serving after God. And the last point I want us to hit this morning is... We often neglect this great work of salvation by having a lack of urgency. By having a lack of urgency. Well, brother, we've, we've, got, we've got tomorrow. Sometimes people may say, I'll come to church next week. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give next week. I'll... I'll begin reading my Bibles later. I'll, I'll give my life to Jesus when I'm older. I'll go out here and, and I'll evangelize when my, my bank account's better. Hey, I can sit here, I can give all these excuses I've heard over the years of people that you know, they want to do right, but they, it's always later, it's always later. There is no sense of urgency in their life. Church, I don't know about you, but as, as I see all these bad things happening in the world today, I almost, I got to think, how much longer is this going to go on? We don't know. We don't know how much longer that, that we have, and so we can't just bank that, well, we're going to have next week to, to get things right. We're going to have next week to, to, to do what we're we're feeling we should do now. No, if God is calling you to something, you need to do it now. And if you're not, you are neglecting that message that you heard. Remember what you have heard. Get into the Word of God. Apply it. Pray. And do so with a sense of urgency. There are people in your life today who need Jesus. Go and tell them about Jesus. I'm amazed how many times people say, I I have a lost loved one, and, and I just pray someone will go and tell them about Jesus. Go then. We, we're all equipped to, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're all equipped to do that very call. And, and, and the call today is not to, to, to continue as we have. The, the call is to, is to wake up. Look what, look what here. I love this passage of Scripture, and I'm going to wrap it up this morning. Romans chapter 13, starting with verse 8. Look here. Paul's writing to, uh, well, here in, the, here in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 13. Verse 8 says, Owe no one anything except to love each other. I like that, don't you? For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Here we're getting some like new philosophy, right? Some truth that had been changed over time and now he's changing it back and saying that you know loving people is is what God desires of us loving God loving others that's what God desires of us 
Verse 9, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. Underline this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. We need to live with a sense of urgency in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus. And too many, too many times we find ourselves forgetting the message that we've heard, the, the, the message that we read today in, in Hebrews, to remember, to, to think about, to pay much closer attention to what we've heard, this idea that we need to draw closer to God. We need to be more into his word, more into prayer, and more into being urgent about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We we find that this is the call. And whether there is a pandemic or whether everything is hunky-dory and, and we're just fine and, and man, right after uh, we click the, the off button here, <laughs> we're going next door and having a big old Southern Baptist meal. God is still good. God is still on the throne. So let us not neglect this great salvation. Church, don't forget the gift that has been given to you. Don't forget that God loved you so much that he, he sent his son in, in the form. And in the very essence, the 100% man, 100% God, he sent him to earth to, to live, to suffer, to die to raise again for you and for me and for the entirety of human history. Today, may we live with a sense of urgency. I hope today you needed to hear that. I hope today that this is like a battle cry for us, that, that we're not to, to be arguing. And, and I see it with, with a lot of folks, even in our religious circles, they're arguing on when we should go back to church. And I'm just kind of like, why don't we just all just preach the gospel and go on? Why are we wasting time arguing when we should be preaching the good news? We have too much good news to, to spend it arguing over policy or politics. Because it's the cross that saves. It's, it's what Christ did on the cross that saves us. And so today I, I appeal to you, church, to not neglect what you've heard, but rather during these times of quiet that you may have to, to focus on what you've heard, to focus on what the Word of God says, and to live it out to live out that wonderful message. And today, if you're hearing this message and you've never asked Christ to be the king of your heart, I want to invite you to do that today. The Bible teaches us that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Today, if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that he's Lord, we will be saved. Today, have you ever done that? What I believe and what I know that the Holy Spirit of God has already been speaking to your heart. And so I ask that if you've done that, I ask that you would just, just pray with me here in just a few moments. And if you pray that prayer, reach out to myself, reach out to someone that you know or trust, and let them know that today you trusted Christ as your Savior. Church, join with me as we pray for those who may be hearing this message for the first time. Church, be active. Live with a sense of urgency. And never forget the greatness of our salvation. Think deeply on what you've been taught so that God may be glorified. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you today for your goodness and your grace. Lord, today I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die upon the cross. According to Hebrews chapter one, we know that that Christ is supreme and he is alone worthy of worship. And the salvation that he affords to us doesn't come by our own works, but Lord, it comes through his work on the cross. And so today I ask that if there be anyone hearing these words that has never asked you to be the king of their life, Lord, that they would say this. Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. Lord, today I confess Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Jesus, would you forgive me of my sin? Wash me clean. Thank you for saving me today. Lord, help me to walk with you all the days of my life. Lord, we love you so much and we know that you are here that you transcend time and space, that you are the God of the universe. And so, Lord, I just ask this, this morning that you would, you would work mightily in your church. Father, we love you, and we praise you. In your most holy name, amen. Mm-hmm.